the best ever podcast recorded by uh, five or six close personal internet friends uh, who live on different sides of the world. Uh, I am your chairman. I think that's a good way to start. I'm your chairman, Sam Harrison. (laughs) With us today, we have Alex. I'm on the side of the world that's about to fall off because the world's flat. (laughs) How would you fall off if gravity's not real? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we have andre i am a cfo of the podcast also i need to get my paragon refund soon (laughs) is that just reminded you no no i was gonna that was what i was gonna say but then you set up this new intro theme that alex did not appear to and erica hello i'm here my camera works. <laughs> and uh, subbing in for uh, Pat J. Cotter again. Uh, sorry to have lost you, Pat. Um, I know it's been a tough few weeks being dead and all. Um, Still dead to us. <laughs> yeah, dead to us. Uh, we hope that eventually uh, you'll uh, emerge from the gra- rise from the grave. Um, but subbing in this week, we have Chris Edgerton. Hi, Chris. Hi w- welcome. Somehow, I didn't get kicked off the podcast. That's weird for me. <laughs> well, I did replace you with a cat, but he's not played much this week. <laughs> I don't think he's got much to say. Last minute um, sub. Yeah, last minute sub. Cat um, just keeps staring at the wall anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so... Uh, Okay, everyone. So, uh, going back to the running order of the show, and um, what we're going to do this week is we're going to have a little bit of what everyone's been playing, and then afterwards we're going to do some news, and we're going to finish up straight from there. Um, I think the intention today is to have a nice, tight, firm, excellent show. Um, so I will uh, try not to play Oscar music for people, but if everyone's going on too long, maybe the orchestra will come out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm. I don't want to go first this week. Uh, I think we should have Erica this week. Oh, okay. Um, I have been playing Mario Plus Rabbids. Oh um, dang! So this is a game that I've owned for a little while because Xavier bought it. Um, but I have been really dragging my feet on because I fucking hate rabbits. <laughs> 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 so. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but there is a television show on Nickelodeon, um, which has, I looked up, 78 episodes. I have seen each of those episodes multiple times because my charges love rabbits. (laughs) It is the worst television show I have ever seen in my life. Rabbits are not funny. (laughs) They are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Listen. 
I have probably seen about the same number of episodes of The Big Bang Theory as I have Rabbids. Rabbids are way worse. Way worse. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen that Sonic, whatever the Sonic show is, Sonic Boom or whatever? I have mm-hmm. seen that show too. <laughs> is, it, is it better or worse than Rabbids? Rabbids is worse. <laughs> I am not exaggerating when I say Rabbids is the worst show I have ever seen. How, how can woke knuckles be bad? <laughs> <laughs> But like, wow, I just, I really just, there's nothing appealing about Rabbids to me just because I hate that show with every part of my being. But <laughs> anyway, so I decided to play that game um, because I needed a game to play and I didn't feel like searching around for one to buy. So I started playing that one. Um, I touched XCOM, but I never really put like a ton of time into it. So this is kind of my first one of those types of games. And I will say I am enjoying it, but I don't know if it's like my favorite game. And I think a lot of it has to do with just my distaste for rabbits. Like every time, any, anytime I see a rabbit, I'm just like, that's just like... I don't want to deal with you. But, um, and then I have a couple of other weird issues with it. Um, Like when you're moving around in the world, you are uh, this little uh, robot friend named Beepo. And it feels kind of like Beepo is more of like a cursor for you to lead Mario around. So I'm constantly like lined up with the wrong thing because Bebo is so much smaller than the rest of my characters. Yep. So I, I just am always like bumping into walls and not lined up where I want it to be. But it's, you know, that's not that big of a deal, I guess. But it just other than that, it's just stupid, rabid humor, which I'm not a big fan of. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the gameplay. I like the, the XCOM bits. That I really like on a bidet. Yeah, the Goomba <laughs> yeah, I remember how funny that was. And like, there were a couple of jokes. I actually took pictures of them so I could say them, which I thought was funny. It, when you, I was running around the uh, the Mushroom Kingdom, um, I got to like a part that was blocked mm-hmm. off, and people said, "If we could unlock these gates, we could visit this haunted slum of imaginable horrors anytime we wanted." And I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. that's cute. It's funny." <laughs> and, but then there's also some weird quality of life issues in that game where I originally talked to Peach in the um, Mushroom King, regular Peach, not Rapid Peach. Um, and I, you know, she said, okay, when you want to go back, just head to this cannon. And it was like a very slow, like, pan over to where it was. And then I went, did something else and accidentally triggered the thing to talk to Peach again. And she showed me where it was again. And I couldn't, like, X out of that super slow pan over to where it was, but I mean, I don't think it's enough to make me not play the game. So I hear there's fun stuff coming, so I'm gonna probably stick it out at least a little while longer. I'll I'll, I'll be interested to see how you like it because the thing the thing that sort of got me um, is that it it seems to get more puzzle like as the game goes on. Like it seems like that there is maybe one like perfect solution so i'll be interested to see as you go forward how you deal with that because that was the thing like aside from not having a nintendo switch that would have stopped me from buying that game because i don't i don't like when tactics games turn into there's only one solution yeah i mean i stopped going back to try to get perfect on each of them now like i I did that for the first few levels and it definitely does feel like there's a way like a perfect way to do each level, but 
you, you can still, as long as you end up with all of your guys still alive at the end of each level, you still get a perfect score. So I'm not that worried about it, I guess. Right. If I if I end up with somebody dead at the end, I'm not. They you know they come right back to life after, so yeah, it's, it's not not too punishing. No huge, yeah, there's no huge punishment yeah. for losing. Guys. I think that's what made me stop. Was I definitely was like, no, I need the perfect score for every level, and then <laughs> and then it got kind of hard, and I was like, no, but I can't pass if I don't get perfect. So maybe I'll have to go back and kind of let that go and actually finish that game. I I feel you. I was very much thinking about it and i was just like let me just get through a little more of this game because you know i gotta record a podcast and i want to have stuff to say about it so yeah. <laughs> how, how far did you get i am towards the end of world one i want to say world one level nine or ten yeah. something yeah. like that um, yeah, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like the the little pieces in between the world, where sometimes you got to interact with things in the world to get to the next spot, like line up mm -hmm. pipes and things. And and I thought that was fun, but you know, we'll see how long I stick with it because I hate rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> that, that game only it just gets harder and harder. And like yeah. I fell yeah. off in like the third world. Yeah, that's uh, where I was too. Oh, same place. That's, that's where they've got like the ghost opera boss, which is supposed to be like the best part of that game. But just getting there is like, I don't want to. <laughs> well, then I probably won't stick with it. But we'll see. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I fell off almost the same point, I have to say. Uh, but when we're talking about terrible TV shows, I just want you to uh, see if you can look up a TV show that I think was on TV Land called Dads, starring Giovanni Ribisi and Seth Green. It is definitely the worst TV show I've ever seen. <laughs> Bring that right now. And Standing, starring Tim Allen. Oh, God. That's, that's I've not never a TV show. Seen, I've never seen that one. I've seen a few episodes because I have a family member that enjoys that show. Apparently, 76% of users liked this TV show, according to Google. Dads, I mean. 76% of people are wrong. <laughs> uh, um, Andre, what have you been playing? Oh, uh, pretty oh, I've been I've been playing a lot. Uh, let's see. But infamous Second Son... Uh, they should have called it third. I get he is like the second protagonist, but it's the third game, so third son. Uh, let's see. Uh, Into the breach. Is there anything else I've been playing? Oh, reigns her majesty. People should check out that game. It's a mobile game. I think it's like three bucks. Uh, cool interactive fiction thing. But yeah, Into the breach has been my main jam. I played it a lot last night. Uh, going off. Uh, Rabbids Mario Cross Rabbids Infinite Tag. Undernight.ex <laughs> fighting lair. Uh, yeah, Into the Breach is from Subset Games, the people who made FTL. It is incredibly in that FTL style. Like the art is like that pixely and the sci fi stuff. Um, there are character, you have like character hero type things. It's like, it's like Warcraft 3 to Warcraft 2. You got like these characters that like give you extra abilities and stuff. Uh, 
And so you have like a team of three mechs that you use to uh, fight off giant bugs that are threatening to destroy what remains of humanity. You go uh, about these islands and you uh, fight off these bugs in these kind of diorama-esque, probably like 10 by 10 squares. Maybe maybe they're a little bigger than that, but not much bigger. Yeah. Uh, I think I think and, you might be missing two really interesting parts of that, though. One. I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, oh, yeah. So you're a time traveler. One of uh, them. And so uh, you. Every time your group. Every time you fail a mission, you can send back one of your living pilots to the past, and you get to use them. But you don't like have to do that. I don't know. It like help. It like builds out your starting pilot list. So once you like get to the end, I don't think it'll actually matter, unless I don't know. I haven't played enough of it to know for sure. But maybe if you do that, then you don't have to level them up, and you get like access to all their other skills. And if you don't bring them back, then you have, or if you use like a one from just the start, you have to like level them up to get access to their other like passive bonuses. And uh, the cool thing is you can see everything that the enemies are planning to do before they do it. So you get, like, you have the map, and it'll say, like, okay, this enemy's going to attack here, this enemy's going to attack here, and blah, blah, blah. And you can knock enemies, like, out of their space and, like, knock them into another space, which will then change where they can attack. And so you could like knock them so they are now aiming at another bug and then on their turn they will attack that bug and maybe kill it. Uh, you all can also see the attack order so you can like maneuver them into the proper orientation so they like hit each other in a good order. And there are like environmental hazards like water which pretty much always kills a bug unless they're a flying bug because then they don't have to go in the water. And just like big holes that erupt from like earthquakes and stuff, and other environmental hazards like lightning and tsunamis and whatnot. Mayonnaise, uh, it's very cool. What was that? Did you say mayonnaise? Mayonnaise? No. Uh, tsunamis? <laughs> oh, tsunami. I don't know why I heard mayonnaise. <laughs> it's a mayonnaise tsunami. <laughs> I mean, in in Japan, that is a. <clears throat> It was a very real threat, I imagine. Uh, I have not actually encountered much mayonnaise while I've been here, but they do love mayonnaise here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I hit the other thing you were talking about, Alex. Well, I was going to say it's that kind of cyber cyberpunk dystopian future where all those islands are owned by corporations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like the, there's like the oh, detritus disposal or something. They, they're the garbage island. They get rid of the garbage, but you know, uh, and then there's, oh, what was the other, what were the other themes? I don't remember. There's like a terraforming one or something. Yeah. For the, the, it's like Pacific Rim meets edge of tomorrow, uh, or live, die, repeat, or all you need is kill. Um, <laughs> Starship if, troopers. If, if you're nasty. Um, <laughs> so it's very cool. The soundtrack is killer. Um, just like FTL, FTL had an amazing soundtrack. I, I would, think this is better. I haven't listened to it enough, but I could I could see that argument. Um, 
so yeah, it's got an amazing soundtrack. The style's great. Uh, and like, I don't know, Chris might not like it since he was saying he doesn't care for like the puzzly tactics games, but it, it is just like, well, that what... hold, let me finish and then uh, right, I'm yeah, happy yeah, to yeah. let you because this is kind of the last yeah, thing. Is, there is like pretty much an optimal way to get through every mission and since it shows you what everything is going to do you can just sit there and stare at the map for as long as you need to and go okay if i like move this guy over here and i can minimize the damage and then move that guy and do all sorts of fun stuff and it feels really good when you like finish a map finish a level and you haven't taken any damage or like taken any like power grid damage because like the city taking damage is how you're power grid goes down uh so you can either lose by losing all your mechs in one level or by having like the total health bar of like humanity go down yeah that was the thing i was gonna say is the um the the turn order and like the amount of of information that it that it actually gives you changes that entire thing for me because mm. most games just hide that stuff right they or they tell you in like smaller ways but like when it actually gives you all the information and, and makes it fair like that um to me makes it really great and it it sounds like with the way you're able to sort of bring pilots back and sort of keep them that it might get rid of the ftl problem which is you have to have you have to just have a really good run yeah like it's not so dependent on your run you can do it it seems like you can do a lot more things to make it okay and make it manageable yeah that's certainly the case um but it's definitely not as like rng reliant as ftl um that that's kind of the one thing i don't like about it actually like not necessarily like the combat and stuff like i think the combat is amazing and i would rather play rather play this than ftl i think right. i haven't played right. ftl in a while but i do miss the um storytelling from ftl because there isn't a lot of like storytelling happening outside of oh i went to this new island now they're saying and some weird like corporate stuff about how i guess we're gonna use your help to save ourselves uh and then like occasional like dialogue but it's not as, nearly as like in-depth as like the events in ftl and i wish there was some of that in here yeah a lot of it is kind of just flavor text like yeah there's not really a story other than you're trying to keep the bugs away yeah and like so i can't like few time pods will come out of the sky and then you like collect those and they'll give you like new items and stuff like or new pilot depending because they come from the future but there isn't a way to um oh yeah no there's no like oh i stumbled across these people and this person like since i saved these people this person wanted to join me it's just oh hey i picked up a thing and then a person came out yeah there's no micro stories really yeah but yeah i do think i kind of agree that the tactics part of it is kind of nice that you can see everything that's coming uh i think one of the ones that they telegraph the best is because the bugs come out of the ground so they'll tell you next turn that the bugs are going to come out of this exact spot and so if you move a unit onto that spot or if you push an enemy unit onto that spot that means they'll be blocked from coming up so you don't have to deal with them next turn yeah so like stuff like yeah. that is pretty clever 
Yeah, and they use like those mechanics to create little mini challenges within the levels or like create achievements to get what you use to get coins to unlock more uh, teams of mechs. And then you can, yeah. once you have like enough mechs, you can start to build your own teams that, uh, you know, fit your playstyle. And you can rename all the characters to whatever you want or the mechs. So I did like one round with uh, Hank Kill, Peggy Kill. Bobby Kill oh, no. and, and <laughs> Lady Bird. I'd like to take credit for the name Hank Kill. Yes, yes, Sam <laughs> did give me the name Hank Kill. Sadly, they did not make it. Hank Die. What, what's the furthest that you've made in a run, Andre? Uh, I think, oh, did I finish? I got to maybe the boss fight of the fourth island. Nice. On uh, yes. normal difficulty on or hard? easy, on easy. Oh, okay. I'm trying to just like get through and figure out like, okay, what mechs do I like? And so I can figure out the mechanics. Um, but like, I don't think normal would be so hard. I'm just trying to like find the team that I like. Yeah, I've been playing on normal and I think it's probably a more advisable thing to say to go easy first. <laughs> that's how I played FTL was I played... Well, I played normal for a long time because I was stubborn. I went, okay, I'll play on easy. I was like, oh, I can actually like maybe beat this now. Yeah. And then unlock stuff and then you get better stuff so you can actually do better on normal. Uh, I also bought this game um, and uh, I managed to get to the fourth island, I think a couple of battles in, but not to the boss. Um, uh, I've only played once. I, I do intend to play again, though. Um, I really liked it. Um, I didn't really get FTL. Like, it never really clicked with me. Um, and I bought this kind of base purely on um, watching Austin from Waypoint stream it. Um, once he, he, When he, he kind of, like, goes through it, and because he's not trying to be entertaining in the same way the Giant Bomb guys were with theirs... Mm -hmm. He's like talking through every mechanic and he's explaining how what he's doing and why he's doing it. And it just kind of clicked for me there. And so I, yeah, I, I bought it basically straight away. And also watching Andre stream it, uh, which if <laughs> any of you were in the wrong time zones, you must probably miss that out. But that, that was a good stream. Chris up at five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's an interesting thing like i think the ftl guys like they're basically one of the very few indie studios that can sell a game without like advertising at all just because it's based purely on reputation mm -hmm. yeah. yeah like yeah from no, one totally. game yeah from one game that was kickstarted yeah like the on all the stuff that's on steam it's like from the makers of ftl and i know for me i was just like okay done time to uh i haven't bought it yet but it immediately put it on my radar because I love FTL. So oh, it's interesting yeah. to hear you guys talk about it. Yeah, I would say, Erica, if you are enjoying the tactical aspect of Rabbids, but are not enjoying the humor aspect of Rabbids, maybe Into the Breach would be a good time. Yeah, like I kind of like the idea that I, you know, you just have to make good decisions. It's not, you know, if they give but, you everything, you just have to make best choices it's also but not no, as no rng sorry i was gonna say it's also not as brutal as ftl yeah, like yeah. like okay. you you're always kind of making forward progress i have still never had the run in ftl i've tried like maybe a hundred different times yeah i've never I, had the run i beat it There's on normal once 
where I almost beat it, but we both exploded at the same time. <laughs> so it did not count as a win. And I was oh, so mad. No. Oh. I felt like enemy ship just like cut in half. And I'm like, I did it. And then it uh, was like, sorry, you lost because you died like a fraction of a second before. And I'm like, oh. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I beat it on normal once and it was basically just pure chance. I think I got like like a really good EMP buff or something, so I basically just stun-locked the, ma- the mothership. Oh, God. It's very interesting that they went from such an RNG-heavy game to something that is very not RNG-heavy. Yeah. Like, you, like, the only RNG, really, um, is if buildings will not take damage. Yeah, the with, and, like, withstand. you can see, like, there's a 15% chance, and you can raise that, but... That's like the only thing that is left up to chance. Do you know off the top of your head, like how high that, like where that cap is? Nope. Oh, no, no, thirty percent. It's okay. yeah, you can that, like you can get it up there, but also it's not like easy to get up there, like because you have to like. I does I don't know. There there are still things I'm learning about the game, but yeah, you can raise that. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair because you you don't want it to just be like this cheese thing of like, oh, I've played two hundred times, so now I can just ram people into buildings, and there's a hundred percent chance nothing will happen. Yeah, it it resets every time you uh, start a new run. Cool, um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that this, along with the two games from January, Monster Hunter and Dragon Ball, I would put on my. Everybody should play do this oh, okay. game of the year. <laughs> Don't do this. <laughs> I'm not saying they're on my game of the year list at all because Don't there's a do this. <laughs> a lot of games Don't. that I'm really interested Don't in. do this. And I already know what the number one on my game of the year list is going to be, and it's not even. Don't a... do but... this. Brothers 2. Uh, that's out next month. Is. <laughs> It's not even oh my next god, month. is it, it really? two weeks. Oh god, okay. Literally like 23rd, I think it is. My so birthday. Oh, oh god, that's so much. I I, I showed the, tra- the trailer to my other half and was like, we could play that together. And she's like, mm-hmm. Why don't you play it with my brother? <laughs> we do um, But yeah, so yeah, I would say that Monster Hunter, Dragon Ball Fighters, and uh, Into the Breach are the locks for people should have some experience of this for the end of the year. I really hope, sorry, I really hope Into the Breach does the FTL thing and goes everywhere, because I think it would be amazing on, like, an iPad or something. Like It sounded uh, like making FTL for work on the iPad was a nightmare for them. Yeah. But. Yeah. We got uh, 53 minutes. <laughs> Speaking of uh, making it work, Alex, what have you been up to? I've been incredibly busy again. I've probably been watching more than I've been playing. I finished the show Dirk Gently, which I would recommend to basically anyone in this room, though it's really weird. Uh, watched that Coco movie, which was... Uh, Coco's so good. It was really endearing. I For the first like third of it, I was like, eh, this is all right. And then by the last two thirds, I was like, this is pretty fantastic. That's so, the Guacamelee-like movie, right? Yeah, it's basically like Tron spirited away in Mexico. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. 
that's a pretty good sentence to like get something on my radar <laughs> that's the best way i can put it um i've been continuing with cat condo though as because why not i'm on like cat number 34 of 40 or something like that yeah. Yeah. i like i've fallen off hard i mean i check it like maybe twice a day at this point oh yeah i don't check it often i just basically collect the passive bonus and then like turn on the doubler and stuff like that and then just go do other stuff for a couple hours but um i've also been playing into the breach which i'm super into but we've already talked about that uh i've been playing this thing it's a genre you guys i know it's probably a big surprise that i actually like this genre of games known as visual novels oh what? Wow, really? i know so i know that's i know that's surprising uh so they're anime i haven't really heard of the genre before yeah, there's the Dream Daddy one, right? But yeah, it's the Dream Daddy. Like that's the best one of them all. But um, oh god, this is why it's called the Daddy of Visual Novels. <laughs> and that's all for me. Yeah, no, uh, no, I play. It's called Wonderful Every Day, uh, and it's got glowing reviews on Steam and the Visual Novel database and stuff like that. And I hadn't really heard of it before, so I kind of just dived into it without really knowing much. And I'm about four hours in, and it's about a fifty-hour visual novel, so. Uh, I haven't really gotten to what's supposed to be crazy about it yet. Um, it's, I've heard people liken it to the Doki Doki Literature Club kind of thing where you're, it's a story that's with all these really cute characters and it's really sweet and really wholesome, but it also has a big fat warning at the starting that's like, there is very explicit violence and gore in this, so be prepared. So, um... Oh, it's a visual novel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting so far. It's really cute. I'm not going to dive into the story because it's convoluted and has to do with like this high school girl becoming God and stuff. Not worth getting into right now. Um, no, like you do. Like you do. Yeah, like you do in Japan. Like Andre can tell you, that's what happens all the time. I live what? in constant fear of that. <laughs> but what yeah. Game is, what game is this called again, Alex? I missed the name. Wonderful Every Day. Um, I will genuinely look into that because it sounds great. Yeah, it's really, it's it's cool so far. Um, though if you do download it, uh, the Steam version only has the first of six chapters. You have to download an official patch from them to get the other six chapters because apparently they're too bloody and gory and everything like that to be normally on Steam. Oh, and like they're they're so explicit and crazy that Steam is not super cool with it. I think there might be some sex stuff in there too, but I don't know. Uh, uh, on Google, I've searched for it, and it says people also search for the devil on a g-string. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say I can't say anything about that one. But anyways, I'll yeah. I'll have more to say about that game next week because like four hours into a fifty-hour visual novel isn't really enough to have an opinion about it. It's referred to as an adult visual novel. How many? How many daddies out of <laughs> out of Dongon Ropa? <laughs> <laughs> I've been avoiding mentioning that. <laughs> uh, I would give it like nine, nine out of ten. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> We'd have to put a Steins gate on this. <laughs> make it stop. Uh, speaking of making it stop, Chris. Uh, so I've been, I've been um, getting back into uh, sort of a weird uh, one for me. Let it die, which 
if you if you know anything about me, sounds like one of the last games in the entire world I would want to play because it's Dark Souls, but it's also free to play. So I want you to pay money to play Dark Souls like content, and that just you would think that that would be like a, a total turnoff for me but there's just something about the way that like your objective is just to climb this giant tower and you go through these rooms and you collect all this stuff uh to upgrade gear and stuff and um the interesting thing about that game is because it's a service-based game you can never like get a second account like to to have a second account, you would have to make a second PSN account. Right. Right. Um, so it's interesting going back to that game because they give you, you know, like death medals, which are your premium currency, which allow you to have re- revives. Like that's the main thing they can be used for. And they can, you can turn them into currency if you want to, but that's really like sort of inefficient in a way. Um, so it's interesting going back to that game and having like 20 death medals but then instantly chewing through them all because you've totally forgotten the mechanics and also, oh, wait, that's why I stopped playing this game is because the last time I played it, I didn't have the gear, so I have to, like, go down to, like, lower levels and grind for this stuff. But also now I'm finding out that the gear that I need to equip, I need higher-level fighters for, and to get higher-level fighters, you have to go higher in the tower. So it's just a lot of like stress and I think maybe I, I've hit the wall with it again but it's interesting to uh, sort of go back to every couple of months because they always give you nice stuff for like coming coming back to it would you say that Uncle Death had any influence on your choice to go back to it I I, I, I mean yes but that but like um, so that's one of the disappointing things in, in the game um, that they've changed they've now made it to where you can turn in your missions from um f- like like from the the um the lobby and and not go out to the arcade so you don't even have to see uncle like the only time you would be forced to to see or hear uncle death is when you do like the like the special gore attacks that every, that every weapon has which are they randomly happen when you like stagger an enemy so Fuck there's like game. Yeah, there's considerably <laughs> less Uncle Death than there should be, and I'm not okay with it. Yeah, that's there sad. Needs to be more Uncle Death. Uncle that Death, cool character of the year every year. Yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> totally underrepresented by this great game. There just needs to be more Uncle Death. I need to find some sunglasses, like like he's got. They're so he, fun. He's got a he's got a cavalcade. He like you cannot. It's not just one pair. Yeah. I just need to find one of them. <laughs> it's like the Kanye West stunner shades. <laughs> also, ho- hopefully I wasn't peaking the audio. I just realized no, I could have been good. talking. You're oh. good. No issues. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Allison, I'll go last. So you, you're up next. Okay. Um, I had a pretty light gaming week. I played a little bit of more Bayonetta, but I got stuck on a boss, so I've been taking it easy for... Uh, the past couple of days. Um, so I've actually went back to one of my old standbys for games, which was uh, The Binding of Isaac on Switch. Oh, cool. Um, I've played it a lot. Uh, it's both uh, the, the original and then Rebirth are easily my most two played uh, games on Steam. 
and uh, lately I've been playing it on Switch because I will buy it on every system that has it. <laughs> um, but it is—it's one of those games where every time I play it, I remember it just like reminds me of like, oh yeah, this is why I love this game. Um, it has a lot of randomness to it, obviously, but that kind of makes it one of the most fun uh, roguelikes for me, just because it feels like each game I have to figure out, okay, what am I going to do with this? Which uh, items do I pick up? Which ones do I leave? And there's even though I haven't played it in a few months, it, it coming back to it always feels very homey and feels very good because it's uh, it, despite some of the content of the game, because it's uh, it, it just um, all of it kind of comes back immediately. So it's been fun to play that. Although I do need to get back and actually beat that boss in Bayonetta that I've been avoiding. What what other roguelikes are you into, if any? Like, are you were you ever into Splunky or like Darkest Dungeon? I like Splunky. I'm not very good at it, but I do like it a lot. I liked Rogue Legacy a lot. Yeah. Um, I ended up beating that, but that was that was really great. Um, let's see. Into the Gungeon was good. I liked or Enter the Gungeon rather. Um, uh, there's another one called uh, Dungeons of Dreadmore, which I don't feel like enough people played, but mm. it's really it has a fun sense of humor, and I played a ton of that um, back a few years ago. So I do like a lot of I like roguelikes a lot, but Binding of Isaac is my fave. Did I just dug this out for the stream real quick. This is a Binding of Isaac blanket I made. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I can't show you, but my laptop has uh, <laughs> stickers from the um, from the Switch version on it. Cool. So my my laptop is all Isaac side. Yeah, I, but I made this for Xavier because that's by far his most played game, like a long shot, and that's probably the the most hours of any game I've ever watched without playing too. Hmm. Which is kind of amazing considering for the first game, um, the first game, which uh, I've played more than anything, I, I paid like what, like maybe five, ten dollars for. Mm-hmm. And it, it has hundreds and hundreds of hours. So it's one of those games. <laughs> Did you care about any of the other games that Edmund McMillan worked on or? Um, I've actually been playing a little bit of Super Meat Boy in the post uh well not post i'm still playing a little bit of celeste but it's it's i i ended up getting that for switch recently um because i was uh because i was i was feeling that massacre i want to play hard platformers and even though it's Mm -hmm. i'm still not quite as into it as i am into celeste that's been fun too so i i do like his games um i haven't played his newest game yet Uh, the end is nigh yeah, I yeah. I haven't had a chance to pick that up, but I'm interested in, in checking that out eventually. Cool. Well, uh, I, in terms of games I've been playing, um, I've been playing kind of two, I played three things this week. Um, so I played Into the Breach, which we've already talked about. And then I played the opening kind of four hours of two games. Uh, and I figured because I didn't play that much, uh, I'm going to talk about both of them and break our rule of bringing one game a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So first off, um, this is one that I think Pat would have wanted to talk about with me. Um, so I haven't played too much. I think we'll maybe talk about it together a little bit later down the line when we've had some more time to it. But it's Kingdom Come Deliverance. So um, some divisive feelings on that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've definitely got some divisive feelings on that game. Um, I. I, I will say up front that I did not pay full price for it. I paid about a third of retail price for it um, by getting a Russian key uh, <laughs> for PC, which uh, made a game that's normally £50, I think £14 something. Um, so that was nice. Um, and it, I I think I was inspired to do that because I wanted to give Daniel Varvara as little money as possible. Uh, Although I, I think the the my opinion on should you support bad games by bad creators is kind of like, well, other people worked on that game. That's kind of a lot of my feeling on that one, and I think we can go into that on a kind of maybe as a larger topic at a later date because um, I think we've all got something to say on that. Um, but speaking of having things to say, Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, I, so far, haven't seen any of the shitty attitudes uh, put out by Varvara in the game, Um, uh, apart from the lack of ethnic minorities, um, which is kind of, it's not been so noticeable because I've met maybe 10 characters, maybe, you know, 10, 15. Um, I've finished the opening section of the game. I've seen a few big cutscenes. I think I know where the story is starting to go. Um, it plays quite well and I would say it's just kind of like a mix of a survival game and an Elder Scrolls game uh, so you have to monitor your hunger and you have to sleep frequently um, and uh, you have to you know, you, like, you can't you know, stealing things you, you can get in trouble for and all the sorts of things that you'd expect from an Elder Scrolls game um, weirdly I don't traditionally like Elder Scrolls games or like Fallouts or you know, the Bethesda open world. Um, but I think because this is a Kickstarter game, so it's a lot less in terms of breadth. And the I kind of feel like in the Bethesda games, there's so much to do, but none of it is super well put together or interesting. But all I've played so far really has been the main quest in Kingdom Come, and I feel like there's been a lot of effort put into it. Um, again, I'm about four or five hours in, and so I don't know 100% what uh, I don't you know 100% what the the rest of the game is going to be like. But uh, for the time being, um, it's enjoyable, and I. Don't know if I would recommend it to other people yet, I have to say. Um, I want to get a bit further in. Um, but I'd like to talk a bit about it with Pat, because I know he's played quite a bit more of it than I have. Uh, so when he's back on the podcast in a few weeks' time, I will play nothing but that that week, or try to. And the second game I want to talk about is Monster Hunter. Stories. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's what I thought I'd do a cool plot twist. I brought a prop and everything. Damn. Um, <laughs> Record scratch. Yeah. So, uh, this week I bought a 2DS XL. 
<laughs> because uh, I sold my old 2DS when I bought my Switch thinking, I'll never need this again. And then all I've been thinking about for about the last three months is playing four games that are available only on the 3ds <laughs> so uh, i have i have the biggest um seller's remorse from selling my 2ds because i lost pocket card jockey oh so good oh that game is so, good. so good it's so good it's such a you it's should so addicting yeah you, i love you that game make sure you have it on that system if you don't already it's like eight bucks it's is like the highest recommendation in the entire world for me it's i, so I will second that it's so good I, I will buy that right now. What is yeah. wrong with you people? I haven't played it. No, I, I can't say it's, it's so absurd to me. But it's a solitaire so horse racing game. Anyway, it works. It works so well. And you'll race your horses and go. Oh, and then you'll get new oh. horses. It's great. Okay. okay. It, it's basically cat condo. Except <laughs> with horses and uh, solitaire. Horse condo? What I heard uh, is Andre hates horses and fun, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I have no issue with horses. Fun, it's okay. As it's if you've got no issue with horses, I expect a two-hour stream of pets, horses. <laughs> Dude. Alex owns the game. He can lend you his Steam library. It's Yeah, it's pretty great. I think I have a total of like seven minutes in it. Heavy recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i played four hours of monster Hunter stories today um on the new 2ds xl um unfortunately i've not been able to get hold of any other 3ds games due to the mass snowstorm in the uk um but i managed to get out to the nearest town to me and pick up stories today um nice. so, yeah the the two trains that ran from my train station today there was one going out and one coming back in and it just happened to be the the direction i needed to go but i needed to get there by the game and get back to the train station within 30 minutes so that was fun perfect uh but yeah so i played about uh three four hours of it um i don't know if any of you guys have played yokai watch a little bit i had it but i didn't really get into it so you know the like the spinner battle system yeah. thing where you have to spin characters around to face them up. So yeah, I was in... not a fan. Yeah, I didn't like it that much. Um, although I did still play about ten or so hours of it, and I am going to restart it because I bought I had a digital copy on my old DS. So as soon as Nintendo customer support opens and I can get my account deactivated and reactivated on this 3DS, um, I will be using it. I'll be playing it again. Um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, basically it's kind of a Pokemon ish monster hunter game. So you're not hunting the monsters, you're befriending them. Um, and you basically go out into this big open world and there are randomly generated monster layers. Um, so there's story missions and stuff, but on the way to these story missions, there'll be this like a monster layer and you go in you'll fight a couple of monsters and then there'll be like an egg mound. You take the egg back to the town and then you can use the, you can hatch the egg into a new monster. Um, one of the cool things is in the battle system. So it's kind of like, so you don't control your monster in battles. You only control your character. Um, but uh, basically there's three kinds of attack. There's speed attack, technical attack and power attack. And it's kind of like, the Fire Emblem triangle of weakness 
they're all weak to the other one and strong to another. So rock, you have paper, to, scissors. Yeah, rock, paper, scissors. Rochambeau. So you have to guess based on the enemy Jean-Kempo. type. Yeah, you guess on, based on the enemy type or what they've done previously or patterns that you recognize, what move they're going to do. Because uh, if you do the wrong one, they'll you'll do two damage to them and they'll do 30 to you. Whereas if you do the right one, vice versa. And if you both, if there's if there's no jibe to it, um, then um, so if you're not weak, if you do the same attack to each other, then uh, you both do a medium amount of damage. So it's really cool. Um, I uh, again, I'm only like four hours in at the moment, um, and uh, I'm having a good time so far. I uh, so I don't know whether I would wholeheartedly recommend it yet. It had a pretty slow start, I have to say. And the first like hour or so, there's not really much happening. Um, but uh, I kind of guess that's like every JRPG yeah. world ever. Really. I was going to say it's a JRPG. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. JRPGs. Uh, and one other quick thing that I would probably going to talk about during the news, but seeing as I have played the game, um, I played Part-Time UFO, the new game from HAL Laboratory, which makes oh. the Kirby games. Oh, cool. I didn't know about that. It is on iPhone and Android. Um, and it's basically a UFO catcher game. Like, so, for example, the first level, the, a guy is, is a farmer and he's got an or- a truck full of oranges and they spill out onto the road. And he's like, can you put my crates of oranges back in my truck? And your UFO has like a crane claw that wobbles and wobbles badly, <laughs> just like you would expect for a UFO catcher. And um, so, yeah, like you, um, you, you have the, the crane catcher and you have to stack the boxes in his car, but also other things have fallen out. And if you put other things in, you get high, more points, but the quicker you do it, you get more points. And it's like, there's three achievements per level. It's fun so far. It's uh, 3 in UK money. So probably four ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Is it is it more or less forgiving than Yakuza crane machines? I have never oh less forgiving. I think because I feel like the Yakuza crane machines were easy as hell. <laughs> I okay. Well, that's... Man, so I'd be curious because how Laboratories is where Satoru Iwata came from. I wonder if there's going to be any kind of little tributes to him in there. There is a box boy in the menu screen, which I showed you guys earlier. Mm-hmm. The menu screen is adorable. Um, so it's called part-time UFO because your UFOs never had a job. And so <laughs> you're, you're, uh, oh, and you can dress him in outfits. So this is the beanie hat. Hell yeah. That I have. It's pretty good and uh, outfits do different things so this outfit makes it easier to slow down so you kind of wiggle a lot less it's I cool. just bought that game on my phone now. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a Sounds third game cute. this is unprecedented yeah I know, I'm sorry everybody I'm actually, <laughs> I was going to talk about it in news um, and I'll probably pull up the article from Polygon because they might have actually explained it better than I oh god um <laughs> No, yeah, they've said exactly everything that I said. So everyone should probably give that a shot. I'll uh, I'll show you guys the trailer or something maybe when we go through the news. 
So, thanks everyone for, uh, for, for letting me go through that three-game <laughs> horror story where I talk mostly about other things. Um, <laughs> let's go straight into the news section, um, unless anyone else has anything they want to talk about first. I don't know if this Great. is... I love... but, uh, I don't, I've been shaking my head because I don't know if this is part of your news, but damn nintendo I, we were talking about this in our group chat and how nintendo only stores your switch playtime for 365 days it was gonna be in the news but then there was an update what? Uh, on the polygon article oh, on the bottom, dang. which said that it's a bug and nintendo are fixing it oh, okay yeah. great okay well, I, <laughs> I love that all of us were like oh this is such a nintendo thing to do that we didn't even think oh that's probably a bug we thought oh it's a nintendo yeah. thing it's a nintendo like solution <laughs> yeah i think my first comment was just lol nintendo so <laughs> i think that's all of our comments we're all just like nintendo <laughs> <laughs> okay thank you thank you for the update i hadn't known i hadn't seen that um okay. but be, be, before we get straight into the news i just want to point out a uh sale that's going on with um uh star wars the old republic until march 6th which is tuesday right yes um, yes sure yes you can get um two a two month subscription plus the um the added on story content for twenty dollars as opposed to thirty dollars. I thought so, that game was free to play. It, it 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 is, but it still has a a premium uh, mode, and the um the uh, st- story content is for is for subscribers. Okay. Yeah, so, I saw your post on that, and I'm super tempted because I. Yeah. Always, I've tried that game like several times because I I love Star Wars and I love uh, Bioware RPGs. So I'm like I'm I'm super I'm super tempted. They've they've made it super easy easy to get through, and I I do really recommend uh, just paying the the subscription fee because playing it free to play is too much of a of a hindrance in my opinion. Um, because they just do too many things to sort of handcuff you. But I, I I really do feel like it's a good value for a subscription. I really like that game when it first came out. I probably played about 90 hours of the Imperial Agent storyline. Uh... The best storyline. <laughs> Sam is now a ventriloquist. Yes. <laughs> I've always had skills. Uh, we're going straight into the news with uh, Erica's news story here. So do you want to run us through this bad boy? Okay, sure. Uh, so Cyan um, is making who, the creators of Mist and Riven and Abduction. Uh, they are coming out with a new game, hopefully, called Firmament. Um, so it's looking like uh, the Abduction was... Uh, crowdfunded on Kickstarter. They're not going that route this time. They are instead showing a demo at GDC and hopefully trying to get some funding for it because right now it's a little up in the air. I don't think Abduction did as well as they had hoped it would. But man, I just want everybody to give Cyan all the money in the world as they make three out of... like. Out of my, out of my top ten games, they have three of them in there. It, they, they're including my number one. So you know, it's just, I'm kind of obsessed with everything they do, <laughs> and all of their games. And I just, I'm very excited about the Firmament 
trailer that they showed, which looks steampunky, like sort of um, art deco-y and there's some kind of mysterious voiceover done by a dead lady and I mm. want to know where it goes. So hopefully they get the money to do it because I want it to happen. I, I hope it has like the same badass, awesome uh, FMV that Abduction had. Yeah. Well, that, that's like a, a big throwback to uh, to Mist, and I think mm. Riven also had quite a bit of, yeah, it does have quite a bit of FMV. Like, all of their games have, like, that goofy FMV going for it. Because at the time when Mist came out, it was kind of really the first game to do things like that. And, you know, it was such a big game at the time, and it sold so well because people were amazed by how it looked and the FMV in it. <laughs> terrible like the, the quality is, is like atrocious and it does not hold up now but it still holds a good place in my heart <laughs> erica can i get a one word answer from you on did you like the witness uh yes <laughs> okay moving on to new story number two this is a good one fellas Oh God! Let's here we go. Let's crack our knuckles. Let's just get into this. Let's. I'm going to read the headline here, and then we can do our comments for the audio (laughs) version. Uh, President Trump will meet next week with members of the video game industry. Uh, Could what is the update on this? Because it says the the headline ends with is they spoke to the ESA and the ESA were like they're not meeting with us and they're not meeting with any members of the ESA. Okay, so (laughs) yes, that that was hilarious to everyone's like, is he talking to you? He's not talking about me. Um, Patrick Klepek, I don't know if he was the one who found this, but he tweeted out that Trump's uh, soft-spoken, camera-shy brother is actually on, like, the board of... Is it Zenimax? Or something? Yeah, Zenimax. Uh, so that might be who he... That might be his, his video game contact that he is talking to. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anything has been confirmed, but it's just, it's all a sideshow to distract from real issues. I don't think any of us here are thinking video games cause violent behavior i know like for school i wrote some papers on it uh back in what is it late with late 2000s before the 2010s so early 2010s too i guess i don't know yeah i just i think this is treading ground that has that was already talked about 20 years ago right and it, it, 10 it's... years ago somebody and... called that Thompson. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Well, and also it's the whole, you know, oh, does it cause violent behavior when, you know, it? we have people on this podcast from uh, Canada and the UK, and it's not like you guys have the same issues that's happening in the US. But it's not like you guys don't get violent video games there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yep. Not a whole lot to say other than, God damn it. Oh, right. uh, shout out to all the people who said, I thought he was going to respect games or whatever. Wait, people thought that? What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. I need, to go, I need to go leave this podcast and go lie down. Just, oh, good lord. Lord. Uh, I'm excited to see Penny Arcade draw Donald Trump next week. Who's oh, that? Who's that guy? Boogie. He's like a Twitch streamer. 
he he tweeted out like the only thing i expected him to do right was like leave video games alone like why would you what <laughs> Uh, somebody somebody tweeted something. This is totally off topic now. Somebody tweeted something this uh, that I still came up in my timeline about Boogie being super racist. It really? Might be. Uh, his I I went down a rabbit hole of his tweets, and he, he is very both sides ish mm. and compassion for Nazis because if you show them compassion, they'll reform. Mm, that's how it works. Mm. Let's move on. <laughs> Wait, hold on, I got one more thing, like, really Please. side. Go, go, like, go. Go for it, Erica. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, I was, I was playing Yakuza earlier today, Yakuza Zero, and, uh, in the game, which is literally about organized crime, somebody hands somebody a gun and they're like, why do you have this? <laughs> it's just a completely different world. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, somebody tell sleeping dogs about that. <laughs> you're a, you're a cop, just brutalizing other cops in that game <laughs> <laughs> um okay so next story and this is something that i heard about today when i was looking at the news and i'm super excited about so has anybody heard about this what? Oh, no. so the guys who make who made her story are making an interactive uh tv series in the same way that we were expecting maybe like quantum break to be cool with although less gameplay this side um so like a tv series that's fully interactive um and it comes out like in two weeks time and it's based on the war games ip war, so the war game, games like that war games yeah that war games Pretty cool. Okay. I'm so excited for this like i love yeah. war games let's not watch the trailer <laughs> yeah did, I'm going to say let's not do that. Did any of you guys play that game? Uh, it's on Steam. It's called Late Shift. No. no. I've, I've heard the name. Yeah, it, it, it kind of did the interactive movie story thing pretty well, I think. Oh, so, that's the FMV one. Isn't yeah, it's completely FMV. I'd be interested if, in seeing if that's kind of the direction they go with this. I think that this one's episodic. Um, I'm super interested to see what's going on with it. As soon as I can pre-order it or pre-register for it i will be doing so and uh, this is definitely something that i want to talk about on the show oh i mean her, her, her the trailer yeah. on youtube was it war games all one word season yeah one? Mm. hashtag war games hashtag war games of course my, uh, my season one. <laughs> uh, I, I watched the trailer earlier today and it looks kind of interesting and um, basically what they've said is um oh, here we go i'll read this out real quick Viewers will follow Jess Nurse as Kelly, an ex-military brat turned hacker activist, as she and a team of international hackers band together in an attempt to bring about peace. As events escalate, they may have done more harm than good. Viewers influence the story by switching between video feeds and the series learns from their choices, resulting in experiences that are unique and personal. Oh, interesting. So it's more like Night Trap than, uh, than anything else. That's yeah. there we go. You can see the <laughs> story influence there. I think uh, her story was awesome. I would trust them with this kind of project. Uh, yeah. I will. I'll check it out. Cool. Next story. Did a new Overwatch hero. Okay. Uh, I watched her story trailer and I thought it was great. And I think her character design is really cool. Um, she's basically like Lady Reinhardt, but she's a support character. 
Oh, she's um, the daughter of Torbjorn. Kind of, wow. kind of, really, really reminds me of Leona from League of Legends. Hmm. Like a lot, actually. I think we all agree that the big news here is that Torbjorn fucks. <laughs> of course, Torbjorn fucks. <laughs> Robots. If Bastion can fuck, so can Torbjorn. Hey. Uh, Saying. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I so, haven't played uh, Overwatch in several months, but I am definitely, I definitely want to go back and try playing as her because she seems rad. I yeah. played a few games yesterday. I'm very bad at that game now since it's been so long since I've played. I've always Me been too. bad at that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to like love that game because, like, I, I have this love for, for any hero based game because it, like it, it sort of appeals to my like need to like work with a team but the problem is like at its core it's still a shooter which i'm terrible at mm. and i'm never going to be any good at um so it's just not f fun enough for me to like keep going because people are so good now that they expect you to be a certain level and mm -hmm. yeah I used to play with a solid group of uh, friends from my old job. We would all play on a team together. And so there was never any like bitching because we were always of the same kind of skill level. And uh, we also used to roll out on occasion Team Bjorn, which is a team of all Torbjorns, all sitting around camping around a point with turrets. So that was very not fun for everybody else. I, remember I played on a custom TF2 server where we would do that with Engineer. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, every time we won or got a full team wipe with Team Beyond, there was a lot of cheering in the ch in the, over the PlayStation party. <laughs> Next I story. It was new. I'm kind of interested to go back. I don't know. I'm exactly the same, Erica. I think uh, when the next lull in games, I will yeah. be picking that up. Yeah. Next story. Uh, so, PlayStation Plus is dropping PS3 and Vita games in 2019. Does anybody care about that? I mean, no. the Cause... fact that they've kept it on for this long has been kind of admirable, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, if I was looking at the list of PlayStation Plus games, if anything was PS3 or PS Vita, I was usually seeing if it was like cross by with PS4. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, yeah. Like I've made, I've mainly dropped my PS3, and my PS Vita has been lost for about two years because a friend has borrowed it. <laughs> yeah, like the, the the last like PS3 Plus game that was like meaningful was like Yakuza Six, and that was like the the, the last one or Yakuza Five. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, but that, but that was like the, the last one that would make me pull out my PS3. And even then I'm not going to do that because it's on PlayStation now anyway. So mm -hmm. I can just stream yeah. it that way. So, yeah, my PS3 uh, is across an ocean. And also <laughs> I wasn't downloading, uh, the plus games anyway, once I got a PS4. So yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I've been adding into my library every month in the thought that, if I buy a PS3 to sit in an entertainment center in another room one day, I've got 2,000 games or whatever. Uh, I have, I think that I have the Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 all through PlayStation Plus on yeah. PS, PS4, PS3. Um, 
but yeah I like i'm enjoying i I've, I've always been thought it was really cool that they would put those out and that was one of the reasons i wanted to put this in here um but also uh yeah i think it's you know it's time I think we've all just been looking at cross-buy games for two years. Yeah. And I'd be interested to see what it's going to change to. I, w- I think we're going to see three PS4 games and like two PSVR games. Yeah, but I think it's totally reasonable given the fact that... I, I would think it's reasonable in 2018 for them to do this, but the fact that they're doing it in 2019 is totally fine because the PS4 came out in, what, 2013? 13. So that's yeah, like six. That's six years. So there's I, only so many games. Yeah, <laughs> especially on the Vita. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Vita games twice. The Vita was. it. The Vita was so cool for like twenty minutes. I have a, still cool. I have a PlayStation TV, and it's it's all right except for the fact that it won't end up playing most Vita games actually. Yes. Yeah, because if it needs to touch stuff, it doesn't yeah. work. Right? That, that was a weird one. It doesn't play a lot of like PSP classics and stuff as well, which is super annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to play Valkyria Chronicles Two on my PlayStation TV, and uh, it didn't work. It's not compatible. Oh well, that's that's good to know because that would have been one of the ones that I probably would have picked up the next time I looked at it. So I, I think so. Sorry. Chris, you can hack your Vita TV so it'll play anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I could, but then I'd go to jail and that, I, I'm not going to do that. Just you violate it. No. Um, you didn't read Alex. it. It's not binding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alex, I feel like you had something you wanted to say. I was going to say the only reason I've ever seen someone pick up a PlayStation TV was for Persona 4 Gold. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why I was actually considering it. <laughs> yep, that's like the only reason. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to sell my PlayStation TV today, but I uh, to trade towards video games, but I didn't have enough time, uh, so I just left it in a drawer. Uh, so just brief aside, since you mentioned Valkyrie Profile Chronicles, whatever Valkyria Chronicles, every time someone talks about Valkyria Chronicles, something in my brain goes, "Oh man, Valkyrie Profile." <laughs> I played it on the PSP. I think it was a PS1 game originally, and they ported it to PSP. Where's a fucking new Valkyrie profile game? That game's rad. <laughs> they did that Luf. Uh, Luf what is it? No, no. It was that uh, game they put out on PS4. Oh, Odin's Fear. Yeah, yeah, that. Is that kind of game? Like that kind of thing? Valkyrie profile. Give me it. I've never even heard of that. So you're, you're gonna be thinking about Valkyrie Profile a lot later this year when Valkyrie Chronicles Four comes out. I think about Valkyrie Profile every time it happens. <laughs> okay, let's talk about old games. Okay, Chrono Trigger is on Steam. Oh God, have you seen this? Spoilers. It's bad. It's terrible. Bad. It's the mobile port, which I, was, I, I was excited for all of five life. minutes because of this. Yeah. The Polygon article has a real twist on it. It's quite funny. So I was reading that actually. Confession time. I've never played Chrono Trigger. Please don't hit me. No, it's oh, really that's I fine. I've been meaning to, and it's, that's why I was excited. It's really I good. Play it. it. It's a great game. The endurance uh, run on Giant Ball. Yeah. Every so often, I like. I, I I still probably need to pick up that DS port because I've heard that's the best one. It's it's really good. You can take it with you. But yeah, Chris, I it's can. yeah. No stress about not having played it. It's a great game though. But um, Sam, is it? Is it in that article that like apparently it's only on Steam until like April? What? I've I think it was that, only yeah. like the available until April twelfth second as a limited edition. 
Oh, the limited edition is okay. No, I think it's just available. Oh no, limited edition only till April second. Yeah, it's um, actually limited. Yeah, that's cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, Chrono Trigger is the first JRPG I ever completed. Uh, it's a good it one. Didn't come out here in the UK, I don't think. So you can imagine how legally the the, the I completed was. <laughs> on the, uh, so one summer holiday. Akira Toriyama, that art style just really shining through. Uh, mm. Got some Super Saiyan God action going on that protagonist right there. It's very cool. Um, but yeah, so it's a really, really cool game that everyone should play, but not on Steam. Yeah. Yeah, I just pulled up the Steam page for phone. it. And it, and there is a note saying, like, we've, we've seen all the issues. So we are aware of all the issues you've raised, which we are currently assessing. Please keep an eye on the Steam page for further information. That's about it. Mm. And it's like, well, if they all they did was port the uh, mobile version, then I don't know what they could do to fix it. But put out we'll a, see. We hear thing. you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put Most, another game out. Do you? We're sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Do you guys think that Chrono Cross hangs? Like, it's, do you, uh, it got a ten on GameSpot, but <laughs> it did. But like, do you think it? Was that a freelancer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do you think like, no one if you played it, if you went back yeah. to it today, would it still be good? I played Chrono Cross in two thousand and five ish, so a few years after it had been out, um, and I didn't think it hung that well then. Yeah. I didn't finish it. So I, I didn't love it at the time either. So. Mm. next article which is probably our biggest one which is one of the reasons I saved it towards to the end ESRB is going to be putting a label on games that have loot boxes that is not going to do a single damn thing yeah well especially since it's in game purchases which is pretty much every AAA game nowadays yeah it's like more or less ubiquitous so does it say if it counts as like oh it has a link to like the playstation store as in-game purchases or uh, yeah like what counts as an in-game purchase um and also uh was there oh i lost it come back to me (laughs) there's just so much here that's just like the most like please don't like disband video games like please don't ban the the selling of them please just like so many band-aid solutions here because it's like the people the kids asking for loot boxes which is why this is a thing in 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 the first place the kids asking for loot boxes or like their parents already know that these loot boxes exist so you're not i i don't know like you're not actually giving anybody any information because like loot the the people asking for loot boxes it it's not like they're having their credit card stolen and like being made to buy loot boxes and it's just it's so infuriating yeah so So, uh i have a really funny story on that front so uh i was in a game store over christmas uh and uh this guy comes in and he's like I want to buy. Um, he said, "I want to buy a games console for my son, but uh, either an Xbox One, a PS4, or a Switch, or a modern console that 
can be made so that it can't connect to the internet like physically cannot connect it's like so either like and i was like oh well you know parental controls will do do all that because i was at the counter and he was asking a question the guy had no idea and i was like oh well parental controls but he goes well and he literally pulls his son over and he's well doesn't matter to him with parental controls what he does is he just creates a new account it's like he spent five thousand pounds this year on um, microtransactions and this guy, he, he literally, he, this kid was stealing credit cards out of wallets while the parents were asleep wow. and buying like hundreds of pounds worth of uh, stuff. So and why is he buying like, him a new console? Right? <laughs> <laughs> no video games no, for you. I, You've spent $5,000 on microtransactions. I have two words for that man. Calico Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, and he was like, oh yeah, he's even, uh, when we have guests to stay, he'll steal their cards out of their wallets and use theirs. What? Oh and the kid, the kid has stood there and he is so embarrassed. Like, wow. so, like he looks what? like, um, did he was like, your, did you check your wallet? <laughs> oh no. Uh, but no, like he was like, yeah. I was like, wow, that's terrible. And he's like, yeah, well, I've been able to reverse the charges. Uh, with Mastercard, but still, man, he said apparently every um, every game company will let you have the money back. So like Steam, Nintendo, mm-hmm. Microsoft, except Sony, they'll let you spend it. It's ours now. Yeah, yeah. So, like like they will occasionally like, oh, you can just put this back in your wallet, and, and we'll take the license away from whatever you bought. But if you buy it, if you buy like currency, they're like, nope, nope. It's mm-hmm. you spent it weird yep but i don't know everyone else is totally fine with it but still back to the article um (laughs) i just don't like i think the worst part about loot boxes is the rng right like you're basically it's the it's the question of whether or not it's gambling like if you're playing a slot machine basically and i think that's where it gets iffy but and i think that should be subject to some kind of regulation like what china did which is showing you the actual odds of getting a certain thing like that's at least a step forward yeah i don't think saying this game possibly has microtransactions on the box does anything just the same way that having uh online interactions not rated by the esrb on there like that also doesn't really do anything so i i think yeah i just think that this this move isn't particularly groundbreaking or anything it's not supposed to be it's no. just supposed to be enough to the people in government who don't have any insight into the issue and go hey we did a thing sure. and it's a band-aid solution until people complain more because like the issue isn't that there are loot boxes it's the way they're used like yeah. in the battlefront where like you can use loot boxes to overcome like a skill gap or you know it's not fair and balanced like people would like so yeah i don't know too true hmm. and we've got one final news story uh, uh i gotta hop out but yeah i, I was don't just think I would want to play this you, andre this is the whole reason the news story was in here <laughs> hey hey uh headline that the the one update the one story the trump one had update in the headline this one did not despite having an update <laughs> so uh who wrote this article uh michael mcwerder you can take it up with him 
this one, yeah. It Good does night, everybody. <laughs> Good Bye, night, everybody. Andre. Bye, uh, so uh, Andre got my hopes up and then cruelly dashed them earlier this week. Um, while he's not here, I'll dunk on him more. Um, <laughs> he's dead to uh, us now. Yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Andre. Yeah, he was dead to me as soon as he sent me this link. He died in the mayonnaise tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, Blizzard released a, a tweet with a video of Diablo Nightlight being switched on and off and uh, that immediately got half of the internet erect um, and uh, <laughs> it's a good way to put it <laughs> Blizzard had to come out with a comment and say guys sorry we're not that clever it's not a tease for Diablo on the switch um, <laughs> what I think it is though uh, I actually do genuinely believe that they are that clever I think it's a foot in the pool i think they're testing the water to see whether um the demand or the interest is there um so for me anyway i'm hoping that they see this podcast and know that i would buy that game at least twice as i've already bought diablo 3 i think five times so I bought Diablo 3 on PS4 and haven't managed to make it through the second act. You know, oh. if, if, it was for P- if it was for Switch, I, I've never played a Diablo game. I might buy it, but that's purely because I love everything on my Switch. So I, that, like, having something on the Switch makes me go, hmm, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. <laughs> How much Diablo the Switch? Three on, Sorry. Diablo 3 on PlayStation 4 is my most played game of all time. I have like 2,000 hours in that game. Jesus. Uh, I used to treat it like I would like spend my like lunch break looking up th- new strategies and new secrets in Diablo and then go home and like play all night. Hello, kitty cat. Yeah. She's <laughs> upset because Diablo is not coming out on Switch, right? <laughs> but do you think if they put Diablo on Switch it'd be full price? Like, are they going to charge the Switch tax? Probably. One hundred percent, they would charge the Switch tax. Mm. Um, they would be like, "Oh, we've added all these features from the console version." So, I would assume it would be a Game of the Year edition with the um, Necromancer and Reaper of Souls built in, mm. um, and I would assume that it wouldn't have seasons. And then they will sell you something like a seasons patch at a later date. Seasons is actually something one thing that I've not really messed with on that game because it came out on console after I was kind of forcing myself not to play it. <laughs> Do you think for 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 somebody who understands the basics of the mechanics but never never did like super high-end stuff do you think seasons is like a good way to like get a dose of that because you have to make a new character every time yeah i mean seasons is really cool um because it's like you only really have to get a character to level 60 i think it's 70 now and you only have to get a character to level 70 to like get the seasonal reward um and like the score that you have is based on like your paragon levels and all the metrics at the end of the season um but if seasonal characters being 
one one and done every season it's kind of fun in that you need to start something new but again i haven't played seasons really i've got like two seasonal characters to level 70 but i didn't get super deep into it hmm. um yeah i i couldn't recommend a game more than diablo 3 i think it's safe to say yeah it's it it's a pretty solid game even though i i don't find the loop as rewarding as the game wants me to i can still admit that like objectively it's probably one of the top 10 games you could buy for your console i think the, the the big thing for me is that there's like so many secrets in that game so like i spent um probably about a month maybe farming a specific item so there is um in four areas of the game there's an optional boss that will spawn uh probably one out of every three four times you load in mm-hmm. um that optional boss has like a five percent chance to drop a piece of an item mm-hmm. which you use to build a portal where you fight other optional bosses and those optional bosses have like a 10% chance of dropping an item. Right. So So, I spent about a month on that. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting into like EA sports, like loot pack odds at that point. You're just like praying to God, you get something good. Yeah. And like the, the times when you have like, like the, the, the satisfaction of getting all four bosses, to all drop it in one play session. Oh my god! So high. Oh, that like, must have been. That must have been like just the greatest feeling in the world, honestly. Yeah. And like, I I didn't just play the the Diablo. I watched the West Wing a lot while I was playing. So I basically would have <laughs> my TV like up, like above and behind my laptop. So I would have the laptop like directly in view, and I would just watch the West Wing because like when i'm farming certain specific items i had the difficulty on such a low level that most enemies can be killed by thorns so uh and there's a special pair of boots that you can get which means that you can walk through enemies and it basically just made the game kind of like it kind of changed the game into something completely different um i realize i've talked about diablo for about 15 minutes I like. I have like a weird aversion to the game. I actually played a little bit of it, and it's. Sorry, I, I'm just shutting the podcast down. If you give me. <laughs> <laughs> it's for a reason. It's for a reason. I don't actually think it's a bad game. I've, I've played a bit of it. It's a good podcast game. Like, it's good oh, yeah. for you know listening to stuff and doing other things at the same time. Uh, but um, when Xavier was trying to, Xavier, my husband, um, was trying to convince me to get a PS4. I asked him which game was he going to buy on it, and he said Diablo. And I'm like, oh, the game that you've been playing hundreds of hours on on your PC. Now you're going to want to spend, what, $400 to play it on something else. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like weirdly biased about yeah. it. I don't want to. I hate it. <laughs> I, I I mean, I'm not into those kinds of games either. Like I've put dozens of hours into Diablo and Torchlight and Grim Dawn and stuff like that, a little bit into the original Divinity. And they're just not for me, so I feel yeah. you. Like Rest in peace, Marvel Heroes. <laughs> also that. But but I don't know. I think it'd be really I think Diablo on Switch would be a really good platform for it. 
people love that game they should put it out they'll just make money on it yeah definitely people are gonna buy Especially it again. because there's already a 360 version of diablo 3 which they could port up yeah um, exactly because they yeah we've seen 360 ps3 games ported to switch sorry my cat's playing with a really loud toy <laughs> it's fine <laughs> <laughs> Shut him in the utility room with the toy. He'll have fun. Um, but yeah. So yeah, if it came out on Switch, I, I, I would probably give it like forty or fifty hours and be like, this, this is enough. Because um, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole I could go a second time. Um, but yeah, I would, it's my most played game of all time by a country mile, like. I think Final Fantasy fourteen <clears throat> and Final Fantasy twelve are the next closest ones. Oh, and the original Destiny and Destiny two. Sure. Um, if you combine my Destiny hour count, it's probably close to three fifty four hundred. And uh, but my Final Fantasy fourteen hour count is super high because I was playing that and Diablo at the same time. If people wanted to play games, I played Final Fantasy fourteen. If nobody wants to play games, I played Diablo by myself. <laughs> so, yeah. Was this before or after the Realm Reborn? Oh, after Realm Reborn. Okay. Um, I yeah, I started playing on PS3, uh, like two, like a month before the PS4 came out, oh. and then they <laughs> put it out free on PS4 if you had the PS3 version, mm-hmm. um, which was super awesome. Because uh, it looked and played infinitely better. Uh, so when the PS4 came out, I was like, fuck, there's no games on this console. And I bought it day one, and all I was playing was Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which I did not like. Uh, so, uh, but luckily, 14 came along like a month or two in and saved that console for me. God, is it, it's so weird to think about. Like the PS4 hasn't been out that long, but it's a it's a super long time in gaming terms because mm. like just the way that games have changed and the conversations around games yeah. ha- have changed in those years. It's been around a lot longer than the Dreamcast ever was. Yeah, once almost true. five years. It was announced five years ago last week, I think. Oh wow! What the hell? I remember that press conference. Sorry, um, I'm, I have I have the chat open for um, <laughs> for this on Facebook, and we have a fellow in here saying good day. Here in response to your Craigslist ad for the Lazy Boy suede sectional sofa. <laughs> awesome. So, thank you. How much for the Lazy Boy suede sectional sofa? <laughs> um, uh, I think you have the wrong gaming podcast, my friend. Oh. Uh oh, we've got we've got viewers. There's a lot of people here. Someone saying hello there, ma'am. Ms. Lesbian, please it. begin the auction. <laughs> I have you no idea. <laughs> thanks, thanks, friends. You, yep. I'm just gonna I'm gonna close this chat for now. <laughs> I'm keeping the chat open, mostly for comedy reasons. Uh, speaking of which, the sectional. Uh, it's going live in 10 minutes on eBay. So if anybody wants to just go to eBay and search for stamps.com. I'm just uh, reacting <laughs> to every one of these. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> this is the most people we've ever had watched it. 
<laughs> seven people currently watching the stream so that's the strategy for getting people to watch your damn podcast stream is you put couches on craigslist yeah let's get sectional baby speaking of which maybe it's time to shut the podcast down <laughs> forever no <laughs> um yeah so we haven't decided what we're going to do for our review yet i think the the number one pick was that we were going to watch a wrestling pay-per-view oh uh, yeah <laughs> new japan wrestling yes uh wrestle kingdom i believe yes the... wrestle kingdom 12 is the one that we're watching so yeah which is the latest i think one. we're committing to that now right we're doing yeah it. we're doing it i'm, I'm in, <laughs> I'm, in. I, I'm i'm very interested to see what it's like allison um, don't look too excited now <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm really busy that week. <laughs> what week? Just the one. Oh. You're doing it. I, sh- I, um, should, I should note, as an aside, but still related to monthly things that we've done, uh, Crunchyroll, they, every year they do kind of a judged vote combination thing for their Anime of the Year awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it's, it's, there's a panel of, like, 12 judges, and then there's a community vote and then the awards are decided like a 50 50 draw so like if the judges all vote unanimously for one thing it's going to go to that but if there's a tie it goes to the community and anime of the year and score of the year went to made in abyss just saying did oh, hey. the animes come out <laughs> many <laughs> oh, no. many my many Hero academia won quite a bit they won my, yeah they basically won everything else yeah which was crazy good good anime it is um yeah so yeah monthly monthly stuff for this month we are going to be watching Wrestle Kingdom 29 12 12 not yet 29 <laughs> which is the, the last uh Wrestle Kingdom this year's yeah. Wrestle Kingdom so yeah we'll be watching Wrestle Kingdom 12 this month yeah um so if you want to watch along with us we're going to be talking about that on the last podcast of the month mm-hmm. which is going to be from now on is going to be our special episodes um we're also once andre has seen black panther i think we're going to do an extra episode where we do a bit of black panther chat maybe yeah well i'm glad i'm glad you're going i should should probably go see it sometime this week it's pretty good good. well i don't think andre's andre is going to be able to see it for a week or two so i think we've all got some time um uh, but then we also need to figure out when we're going to record it (laughs) um so yeah it'll be appearing in the same feed but uh, i think we want to do a separate episode so that we can try and keep vaguely on topic uh for the gaming show um maybe the monthly stuff will break out eventually we'll we'll see maybe if more than the six of us that are on the show listen to it uh, <laughs> we can stop getting some feedback um we're getting which if getting plenty of feedback you, in the chat Oh well, yeah. they. I just told them that suede isn't very good because, you, <laughs> you, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, the big thing for us, um, which we are going to start requesting you every single week, is to uh, rate us and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Um, even if you watch the video version live, even if you are one of the people in this podcast room please um (laughs) rate and review and subscribe on itunes every single subscribe uh gives us an extra of life
crap. The podcast audio just died. Um, I feel like we should probably get our we should probably get all of our ducks in a row channels wise and just start calling everything gaming fix forever yeah or fix I think fix is good because then we can put everything on it in the same way that um, other like IGN or Polygon or whatever do actually Polygon's pretty game related anyway um, so the podcast audio has died right Alex oh no we're all good Oh, oh okay. great! <laughs> I was just, I was just va- vamping there. Um, yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. Please rate and uh, review us on iTunes and subscribe to us on iTunes. Again, even if you don't listen to the show that way, if you prefer to watch the video version, um, Alex will tell you where you can see all the video versions archived in a minute. Um, because I don't, one hundred percent know. Um, but yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening. Um, thanks, uh, special thanks again out to Chris for subbing in for Pat. No problem. I'll do it anytime. Yay! Excellent. All right, let's just uh, get rid of Pat yeah. every now and again. Yeah, he's still dead, does. So. Yeah. What well, one day he'll actually die or something, and we'll all be super he'll upset because we'll be making jokes for like three hours of it. Um, but yeah, so uh, first off, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Wheels1993. You can find the guy who does my avatar art at odd underscore particle. Awesome. Erica? Uh, You can find me on Twitch tonight. We are committed to finishing Yakuza 0 tonight. (laughs) I'm going to be there for that one then. Hopefully will be the last Yakuza 0 stream for us. Um, And then we have quite a few things in the works as to what we're doing next but um, I'll tell you more about that next week I think um, but and then you can also find me on Twitter at, uh, at Erica spelled A-I-R-E-H-C-U-H and my other podcast Tempered Expectations which is about video games and wrestling Awesome Allison uh, You can find me at stamps.com slash stamps.com Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're doing it that way, but they're doing it that way. So it's good. Sorry. Good to get that joke in every week. <laughs> uh, and uh, last but not least, Alex, where can we find this show? Because you refuse to give out your social media details on the podcast. <laughs> uh, you can find it on YouTube if you Google the podcast. <laughs> but no, for real, it's just on my YouTube channel. I can make a more break broken out one someday. Yeah, I think that's something that we will eventually do, but it's probably only the five of us who listen to or watch the show right now. So I don't think it's that necessary so far. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. If you are not one of the people who actively is a part of the cast for this podcast, thank you very much for listening. Uh, <laughs> watching or interacting. Um, I'm not putting a shoe on my head. I yeah. apologize. Um, I've been. I got. I got a sock. I don't got a shoe, but you know. Uh, well, I have a slipper. <laughs> that's that's impressive. Thanks everybody for listening to the show today, um, and we will see you next week. <laughs> All right, later, nerds. Oh,
Bye. 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 Bye.